On this episode of Talking Schmidt, Isaac Eubanks joins me to talk about coaching high school football in the Nashville area and how he developed a love for curling. Plus, John Wilson joins me to rebuttal Justin's comments from Tuesday. And of course, Justin is also on the show in the Schmidt break. I have all that and more coming up next. Welcome in everyone to episode 20 of Talking Schmidt. Yes, we've made it 20 episodes and I have not been canceled yet. That seems to be the uh, thing that we're doing these days anyway. But I do have a special guest on with me today. Uh, we've kind of, we've been in some of the same places at the same times throughout our time in college. Uh, we have some very good friends. Um, you know some of my family. So, I mean, it's been a, um, I think we've we've probably been we probably had conversations before uh, coming into this, but uh, definitely now we're getting a chance to have a, our first actual uh, conversation as, I guess, adults. My guest at this time, Isaac Eubanks. Isaac, what's going on, man? Oh, hey, we are living the dream, man. That's always a good thing. I think everybody at this time in life, they, they you know, uh, living the dream and, and maybe living a, the Groundhog's Day dream. Uh, sometimes I think people are feeling that way. Well, I didn't say what kind of dream. Yeah, that's I just true. Said the dream, you know. Yeah, exactly. So Isaac, uh, you know, one of the things uh, I've been able to talk to uh, a local coach here in Clarksville who just got on a coaching staff um, at one of the academy schools, and you're also at an academy school, technically Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. Um, we got some good news that looked like pretty promising news from TWSAA about having a high school football season. Of course, there's going to be restrictions. You know, everybody's calling it the new norm. But to make sure that these uh, high school athletes are getting a chance to play football in the fall, it looks like we are should be able to kind of push through um, maybe a little bit later than we thought. But uh, for you guys at Lipscomb, how has everything been going? How have you guys been able to uh, work with your players? It's been going um, because we are in Davidson County. Uh, we've got a few more restrictions than some different schools around us. Uh, you know, we've got out of our region, uh, it is us, CPA, uh, BGA, FRA, and Good Pasture. Only one of those schools is outside of Davidson County, or Davidson County so we've been uh, pretty lucky with with that that everybody's kind of following the same rules we went worked out for two weeks in june before we broke for dead period um as a coach during june that was probably the longest two weeks of my entire life um we were as a staff we were there from 7 a.m until 4 p.m uh, we had 10 player pods and we had 11 different pods throughout wow. the day and we can only bring them in you know four pods at a time and so we were we were here for a long time yeah that that had to be a little bit i mean just you know nerve-wracking for you guys too because you know you you only have a, a, a small amount of time really to work with you know like you said just 10 players at a time so you have to kind of hope that in those that time frame that you do have with them you know that they're picking up on everything that's being put in front of them. You know, if you're trying to put anything new in, or you're even just trying to, you know, get everybody on the same page. I mean, you, you have to kind of look at those moments and just be like, man, when can we get to a normal where we can have as many guys as we can out here? Um, did you, did the players respond well during those two weeks or, you know, how do the players respond to all of it? Players responded pretty well. Uh, it was, 
it was kind of hard for, you know, high school boys to, you know, stay away from each other when we've got them in these 10 player pods. They want to go and hang out with the friends. We're like, look, when you're on campus, please, please, for all goodness sake, stay away from each other. Um, and you know, and, and they did a pretty good job of it. And we're, we're, and again, we're back into it now. We are, uh, I think this is week three after dead period and we are in the middle of it. Uh, still just working out, um, and doing some skill work, uh, just with, you know, trying to work on their conditioning and make sure that they've got good footwork and things like that. So with this uh, program, what are you coaching? You know, what positions are you coaching uh, for for Lipscomb here? Hey, with Lipscomb, I am the middle school special teams coordinator, wide receiver coach, outside linebackers, and then for the high school, um, I'm going to be the JV special teams coordinator um, up on the high school team. So I'll, I'll still practice every day with middle school. Uh, but on JV games, I'll be in charge of the special teams um, for that. And so it, it's been fun just trying to soak up as much as we can. Luckily, we're you know middle school, high school. We're all on the same campus. Uh, staffs are pretty close. And so we try to run a lot of the same stuff uh, between the two just so we have a lot of fluidity throughout the program. You know, I think there was uh, there was one rule, and you know, you're talking about working with receivers, and I think there was one rule at uh, at some point during the summer where you know quarterbacks couldn't throw, couldn't touch a football, players couldn't actually touch a football. Um, How did you guys react to that? How were you guys able to work around that? And you know, as uh, I mean, yeah, that's a we, weird challenge. <laughs> yeah, we are still under the what's a football um, <laughs> gotcha. rules right now, <laughs> and. I mean, it's it's a lot of mental work. Like I said, it, it's it's a lot of the footwork, getting getting your splits, getting um, you know the right footwork for the routes and different things like that. Getting your reads. Um, so so it's it works, but we are ready to see that oblong shaped pigskin. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I can I can definitely feel. Uh, I think it's uh, you guys and and so many other high schools and around the country that you know some some places talking about not even having football in the fall, um, other places you know just changing a lot. So I, I think right now you guys are probably uh, mo- most like most groups around here right now who are sitting there thinking like, man, if if they just can let us play, we're we're ready to go at this point. Yeah, we. With, you know, California, they're going all the way to spring. Virginia said pretty much no. Um, there was somebody who came out today, I can't remember who it was, who said no fall and no winter sports. Wow. Um, I, and like I said, I don't even remember what state it was. So with T-Bustable, their meeting today, it was, I guess we'll say it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's promising. Some information. We will have a season. That yeah. that is the promise. The the most that came out of that. Uh, football is going to have a season. Uh, my wife coaches high school soccer, so they're going to have a season. It's now the win. Yeah. How many games? When can we? When can we start getting some type of a schedule, a plan together, of 
you know, all this stuff and, and you know, the, our athletic departments are working through these restrictions that are coming out, um, you know, limiting fans in the stands and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. So, Well, we're going to take our first break here. And Isaac, I hope you come back with me because we're, we're going to talk about something that uh, a sport that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's a sport that I feel that if I could go pro in any sport, this would be the one sport what I would absolutely uh, train as hard as I possibly could to make it happen. We're going to talk about that coming up after the break. Welcome back to episode 20 of Talking Schmidt. My guest from segment one joining me again in segment two, Isaac Eubanks. And Isaac, uh, we have a, a shared passion here. Um, I think you obviously do this a lot more than I do, but our shared passion is the sport of curling. Tell me how you got into curling. Oh, me. Well, uh, like you, grew up in the greater Middle Tennessee area. Um, and went off to University of Tennessee, um, and joined a fraternity. So got to, got to know a bunch of people and then, um, had some people in my classes, uh, that I knew. And then all of a sudden my little brother, my fraternity comes up to me. He's like, Hey, you want to come try curling? I was like, do I want to do what? He said, you know, the winter Olympic sport on ice. I looked at him. I said, you know where I'm from, right? He said, yeah, well, I'm from Cookville. I said, you, you know, that ice is at a premium in the South, right? <laughs> he said, well, yeah. I said, I can't skate. He said, well, you don't have to skate. You wear tennis shoes. I was like, well, now I'm slightly intrigued. Yeah. I said, <laughs> and he was, I was like, Again, I don't like the cold. He said, look, it's indoors. So he's like, you've been to a hockey game? I said, yeah. He said, you know how it's not actually as cold in the arena, you know, as the ice is. I was like, yeah. So, well, that's how it is. I was like, I, I mean, I guess, sure, because it's you, I'll come and try it. And fell in love with it. Yeah. Played for four years uh, at Tennessee and kind of continued it on since then. Um, so it's been a cool ride, I guess you could say that. Man, I, I'll tell you this much. I, I went, so I spent two years in Michigan and never once, I mean in the Upper Peninsula, and never once did I play or even step on the ice to do curling at all whatsoever. There was like three or four curling leagues up there and I never once played. And literally the first time I ever went to do a story on curling, I went down to the Jones Center in Rogers, Arkansas. Of all places, mm. Rogers, Arkansas was where I got my first taste of curling. And I'll tell you, I loved every second of it, man. There was It's just so much, uh, you know, I think people watch it and like you can get really invested in it. And I, I feel like the reason why so many people like this, and, and you know, maybe, maybe you agree with me, is because it is a common person sport. All you have to do is have like two functioning arms and be able to shuffle down the ice. That's literally what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Um, have 
some flexibility yeah. in your hips. Yeah. And that's about it. Um, I mean, obviously, the higher in level of competition you go, you know, you're going to need a little bit more than that. But just to just to start out, it, it you know, they compare it to golf a lot as being, you know, this sport that it doesn't matter if you're two or 92, you can go out and play. Um, and, and that is true because they've got kids stones that actually weigh half as much um, as the normal stones. And so you've got kids out there three years old that are out there throwing rocks down the ice. And, yeah. it, and it's really cool to see. And then, you know, once you get older and you can't get down in the hack as much anymore and you get this little special stick that you get to <laughs> walk out and push and, and you know, we, we call it the cheater bar um, because you pretty much be able to put the rock wherever you want to with that thing. Yeah, we uh, that was, like you mentioned, it was just uh, the guy who actually taught me I believe he was in his like late late seventies, early eighties, and he goes out there every Sunday in Arkansas in the Jones Center and just goes out there and teaches. And he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I used to be on the Olympic trials, blah blah." And and he would go in, and I got to interview him because I thought it was just you know he was such a great interview. Uh, along the way, I actually got to meet and uh, interview as well the alternate for the Swiss or the team from Switzerland. Uh, his name was Dominic Markey, and they ended up taking bronze in the Olympics. So he ended up getting a bronze medal. Um, it was great. To, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I ask him, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him, and I'm like, why is a guy from Switzerland in Rogers, Arkansas? Like, there, what's going on here? So I asked him that question, and he told me that he was, uh, he was, at a, he was down on the beach, and uh, he met a, a co-ed from the University of Arkansas, so another SEC woman, you know, just snagged him in here, and uh, that that's how he came to the states. And he has, I believe, he has dual citizenship, so he can still uh, participate for Switzerland. Um, but his wife is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and she curls, and she was awesome. So it was like, our, we kind of felt, you know, when we were down there, and we were we were, you know, for the new people, we were all just trying to like try it out, and you know, I felt bad mm-hmm. for the couple that was like just on like kind of a date. And then there's like cameras everywhere and we have GoPros on everything. And they're just kind of like, we just came down here to try this and now we're going to be on TV. So it was a lot of fun for everybody who was there at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the, the community that's out there and you can tell the people like they literally come out every Sunday and practice. And I always say that if I could go pro in any sport, even till this day, um, I mean, yeah, everybody's, everybody wants to be a professional football player or basketball player or whatever. But for me, I would love to be a professional curler. Um, I'd love to be on the Olympic trials for it. I think that's probably the... Uh, it just would be one of the coolest things to just be like, you know what? We don't really have to do much, uh, but uh, we are like American heroes. Because, I mean, if you think about the uh, the last Winter Olympics, um, Team USA winning a gold medal when a lot of people are like, there's no way. And then look what they did. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like the sport's grown a little bit. I mean, have you been able to see that? Do you still, when you go out, do you see anybody, you know, new groups all the time? Or is it just around Olympic time? Uh, there's, there's always a huge boost around Olympic time. Right. Um, and then about two years after that, there's a huge lull in new membership. I mean, just because it's, you don't see it, you don't see it on TV, um, or anything like that. And so, so that's when people are like, Oh, well, what is this? And then they start searching and, 
then they find their local club that they go out to and and then they try it and then they like it and then they'll do it for a couple of years maybe maybe they'll make it a, a season um but once you once you get past if you can make it for two full seasons you pretty much are going to stay for life after that um and be just because it is I would say it is 90% mental and only 10% actually skill. Um, and once you master that skill part, which will take you a, a few seasons, um, then you can really start to take a dive into the mental part, which is, I think is kind of the, the most fun of it. Um, it's, we, we, we like to call it, um, chess on ice because, you know, you're not only playing against the other team, you're also playing against the ice because unlike a, you know, grass at this football field over here is going to play the same as the grass at the football field down there. Yeah. You know. So ice so anybody the out there arena. Go ahead, go ahead. And so I'm so, you know, grass here and grass there is pretty much gonna play the same. If you're fast, you're fast. If you're, you know, slow, you're slow. You can have two different sheets of ice in the same arena, play two completely different ways, and so it's 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 a learning game throughout the game. And that's why it's it's not just the team that you're playing, it's also you're playing against the ice. So a lot of my my listeners and, and everybody that kind of tunes in from this area, kind of in the middle Tennessee area here, uh if they are interested in becoming curlers, where who should they talk to? Where should they try to go? As of right now, um, well, yeah, I guess we have COVID. No, don't middle we? Tennessee <laughs> area. In the middle Tennessee area, there isn't anybody. The Preds did have a league for two years. Gotcha. Um, and then after last summer, the guy who was running it ended up leaving the Preds and taking a job with HCA. And so it kind of folded after that. There's still a bunch of people who like want to do it and want to get it going. But the closest place that you can go right now is Huntsville. Gotcha. Huntsville, Alabama. See, a lot of people might be surprised by that, but I, I do know that until recently they actually had a high uh, college program at Huntsville. So in hockey. So I do know that and anybody that's listening right now, they might, uh, might be like, why is it Huntsville? But there was a, there is a, well, was a collegiate program at the University of Alabama Huntsville. So that could, that would maybe your main reason. So if anybody was confused right there. So you've got, so you've got Huntsville, you've got a club in Memphis, a club in Knoxville, and a club in Louisville. So I guess depending on what direction in Middle Tennessee you live, those would be your closest places. All right. Well, they've heard it here first from you. It's a sport that uh, you can play at pretty much at any age. And uh, I'm telling you, if you get out there one time, um, you'll love it. Uh, and like you said, if you if you continue to push through, you'll be able to play for as as long as you're you know you have the ability to kind of sweep and the ability to you know just kind of be flexible. That's really all it is. So <laughs> as long as you have that going, you should be able to curl. Isaac, man, I appreciate it so much, man, for joining me here. Uh, we're going to jump out and take a break here. When we come back, we're going to catch up with John Wilson. We had some uh, some thunderous words from Justin Kleinert about how good his fantasy baseball draft was and John Wilson wasn't having it. I got text immediately the next day. So we're going to have to have John on to talk about that. That's going to be coming up 
after the break. Stay with us. Welcome back to our third segment. Yeah, we're going to have four segments this show. Um, I, I don't know if it's that I'm just generous or if I'm a pushover, one of the two. But I had to give John his chance to rebuttal the trash talk, the, the Schmidt talk, if you will, that went down on uh, Tuesday's podcast. Uh, Josh, or excuse me, we have Justin, then we have John, who are facing off in this week of the opening week of our Fantasy Baseball League. And, John, you heard what Justin said. Um, I can't repeat what you said uh, in the text message exchange that we had in the group (laughs) chat because you are a father, and I just can't. And, granted, Justin would come on here, but I don't want to have to play the clown horn for you. So um, (laughs) let me know uh, what you think of what Justin said. Uh, You can maybe be a little PG-13, but, you know. What do you think about what was said for Tuesday? Uh, well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to respond. Um, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna get into uh, the whole it's gonna be a bloodbath and all this and all that. Like right now, I'm actively looking at Justin's roster and. Um, as someone who has a little bit of experience playing fantasy baseball, there's a huge issue that I already see. He doesn't have any bench players, first of all, for his <laughs> regular lineup. So I don't really know how – I guess he's just going to waiver wire all week. But, you know, like I texted him the other night, he's probably going to say at the end of the week when I beat him by 200 points that, you know, he doesn't have the time to, to do all these things. And, I mean – He's going to have to really look at the free agency stuff. But anyway, um, no, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I think that if I don't beat Justin by 100 points or more, then I will count it as a loss for myself. Wow. Wow. I mean, he doesn't – he he does not, he has about as much of a shot as um, um, the, the Corona Bros lasting another year of this uh, coronavirus talk as winning this game. Oh my goodness. Cause after November, all that's gonna, that's all that's gonna end. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, let's look here. He's got, he's got a Jordan Alvarez. who's already on the IL and nobody to take his place. He's got Paul DeYoung. who's going to, in, you know, three months is probably going to strike out 250 times. Right. Um, I mean, the guy just—he doesn't know what he's talking about, Ethan. Like he—he just—he's so confident in himself, and he doesn't even know what to be confident about. Right. I'm just—I'm trying to keep it, trying to keep it PG-13 or PG, really just PG. You know, <laughs> may have some children listening to this. His kids may listen to it. I don't want to embarrass him in front of his daughters, but um, God, you know, you and you and Cody were talking about how big of a rivalry you guys are going to have. Yeah. I, I feel like y'all's rivalry is going to be pretty friendly for the most part. I mean, you'll have, you may have some back and forth, but. Right. Um, we have to still eat Thanksgiving dinner party. together. Right. There's no love <laughs> loss between myself and Justin Glenn. Like, oh it, is my, it is my goal to beat him by 600 points. Wow. This week. wow. I've already gone through and looked 
and made sure all my lineups looking good, you know, free agency ready to go. I mean, oh God, even, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at this right now <laughs> as, we're, as we're talking. And Avicio Garcia, like yeah. that dude is, he's had one good year in his 13 years of playing Major League Baseball. And he's a starting outfielder. He has, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He, I will say he said he was going to rely on his pitchers. That's what he said. He said his, a big thing was he's going to rely on his starting pitchers. What do you think? He's got who does he have? Verlander and who's he has two Astro pitchers? Does he not? He has two. He has two good pitchers. Yeah, he has Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke. Other than that, he's got Blake Snell, who is average. I mean, he's on the Tampa Bay Rays, so he's not that good. He's got Hyun Jin Ryu, who is not good. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I don't even know who these other guys are. I mean, he picked a guy. You never pick a pitcher that's in Colorado. He's got him, John Gray, you know, hitter's ballpark. I yeah. mean, the guy's going to rely on his pitchers. And he, he's got – what did I tell you when we went over when we were talking about fantasy baseball? You don't want to have more than maybe two relievers. And Unless they're good closers. closers. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's got – Five relievers <laughs> on his team. I think he missed that episode of Talking Schmidt. I think he, uh, that might have been the one that he didn't listen to. Well, he probably didn't miss it. He probably just thought he knew more than anybody else. But um, I will say this. He, he, we, you were talking about uh, um, us taking players from each other, and I was very, very unhappy about him taking Tommy Edmond right before I was about to pick him. Yeah, and I actually had Tommy Edmond queued up. So had neither one of you taken him, I was ready to pick Tommy Edmond in that same spot. I, I, I almost took him like three rounds before I was about to take him. So I was like, ah, he's kind of going to fly under the radar. Not many guys are going to probably know about him in this league, except for maybe Cody, you know, right. being a Cardinals fan. But... He took him, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I really want to go a little bit further and and talking trash about him, but I'm really trying to to keep it um, at a level that you know we can still be respectful to one another. Um, so I was just trying to go with the facts of his team is just not good. What What about uh, one question I had for you? When Cody took Adam Wainwright late. Late, late, late. Were you? Were you? Had did you have your eye on Wayno, or were you? Um, were you just like Cody? Why are you taking Wayno? I had my eye on no Cardinals players except for Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, but it never would have worked out because I took. Uh, let's see, I took Soto first, and then Arenado was still there. My second pick. Yeah, so. I was obviously going to take Arenado over Goldschmidt. So, I mean, I really, other than, I get, well, Tommy Edmond would have been my, my Cardinals player I was looking at. I mean, I drafted a catcher as my last, my starting catcher was my Mr. Irrelevant, my last pick. Wow. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even look at Yachty or any of those guys. Like, I was, I mean, if you remember when you guys did, when you and Paul and Reed did the, uh, fantasy draft yes. for your show, he, Reed made the comment that catcher is the weakest position in baseball right now. Yes. 
And that's kind of the approach I took. I was like, I'd rather have my, fill up my other positions pretty strong and I'll just kind of let catcher go, you know. Um, but I, the Wayno pick, I, and I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't have taken Wayno, period. But I, I get Cody yeah. wanted to throw him in there, to show him a little bit of love. But uh, I want to know, I got a question for you. Yeah. Where's where's our our uh, preseason like? you know, right. Projections, right. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I have looked in football. It seems like it's just like an easy, like little, like, like subcategory for some reason. I cannot, Mm -hmm. I cannot find it on the, uh, on the actual, uh, on the app or when I'm on my actual laptop. So I have no idea where the preseason projection poll things are, but I will find them. And if anybody who's listening to this knows where I can find that, just comment on this. Let me know on on when you see it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Please just put it in the comments so I can find this because I want to know as well how we uh, how we picked because I feel like we have a pretty good mix, um, you know, of guys who have either played fantasy baseball before or you know someone like you know Jared who you know played in the minors, um, and we have a lot of like really good baseball fans. And then I want to see if Justin's 10th. So, I mean, I just, I kind of want to know. You know, I also do. So, if, if you know where it's at and you're listening to this, please let me know so I can find it for all of us because I really want the talking, uh, the talking Schmidt element of this to be really out there so we can post it on social media, whatever, letting people know what our top projections are. Um, I'm fired up, though, for it. I, I'm really excited for this. Uh, you know, you were talking about when, when Reed and, uh, Reed and Paul were doing the show with me, and that's actually why I drafted Mitch Garver of all uh, uh, at catcher. That was one of the main reasons why, and I hung off for so long because I was like, I can get Mitch Garver because that was actually a Reed suggestion um, was Mitch Garver. So I actually hung off mm-hmm. on that um, and kind of played off a little bit knowing that there was a possibility of getting him later rounds, um, which I ended up getting him, and mm-hmm. that's my starting catcher. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that should be something that is easy found on the app or maybe they're just waiting and it, they'll post it like tonight or I don't know. I, I know like in football, a lot of times when you go to the standings, it's like standings and then like projections and it has that, but I have no idea where that's at. So when I find that and I will continue to thoroughly look for this, I would like to know where we're starting as well because... Um, I mean, I think that's a, a good part of all fantasy sports um, is just kind of knowing that. Um, one thing I do have I mean, for you – go ahead. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, how many weeks are there? Uh, I think there's nine. nine total. Eight and nine are the playoffs. So Okay. I'll give you a projection right now. Justin Connors going to go 0 and 9. 0 and 9. Wow. My goodness. Um, there's a po- – I mean, there's it's a possibility. Good. I mean, there really is. It, it, when you look at a lot of these lineups – you know, there's a possibility, but uh, I think I think Justin can squeak out two wins. Mm, I think you're being generous. Uh, you know, it, it comes down to: am, am I just a nice guy or am I a pushover? One of the two. So he said, he said, superior manager, and he can't even draft right. You know, we're gonna see because uh, he he says he what he what exactly was it? Superior manager. Um, he has superior players and superior management which is going to uh, give him the championship. Did you like the one comment he had, though? If you win it all, that he will buy the trophy? I like that, um, so I don't I like have to that. buy a trophy. I will, yeah, I like that. I also will I'll give him credit for one thing. He has the best team name 
and team picture of anyone in the league. <laughs> he does. He does have. I, I feel like. I feel like I have a close second on team name. What is your team name? It's uh, I mean, it's Reed Harper's Heroes. Reed Harper's Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know I think it's pretty good. I just Justin. I think the picture is what really does it with LeBron James being bald. Yeah, he uh, he was kind of upset that more people weren't creative with their names. He thought he thought that that was a part of all this was that we were all supposed to be creative with our names, and he was like, "Well, maybe he should have been more worried about what his players were going to be than how creative he was going to be with his name." That that's a good possibility his as well. Notch, his lineup's not. What were you going to ask me? Were you going to ask me something? I was going to ask you one last question for you. Um, are you uh, are you excited about the element of having our lineups uh, simulated in a six-game inning game on MLB The Show? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I would not want to be the person who puts that all together, though. Well, you know, uh, maybe I have free time lucky, on my hands. Lucky you, my friend. <laughs> well, I'll make no, it happen. Think, we I might even have to have a special it. Justin John lineup for Week One, um, and maybe I'll have I'll 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 stream that with Cody as well, and we'll watch your guys's game first to see how it if, goes, and then watch ours. If you have the if you have the time to do that, I would really enjoy that because that's just going to put icing on the cake when my team beats it by twenty five runs on the show as well. Correct. I think I think we have enough time. Um, I'm actually the the easy thing is is just kind of uh, once uh, I, I literally all it is is I'll put all the players on the teams um, and then just tell you hey who would you want your starting you know ten to be really because we'll just use designated hitters. Um, but yeah. you know so that would be kind of the one thing that has to be done is just kind of lineups before I do it, but. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to have it, and maybe I FaceTime you guys and have a dual FaceTime with you guys watching it with Cody and I. I think that'd be fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I will say I'm looking one more time at my lineup. I haven't looked at it yet while I've on the phone. One big mistake that I just remembered that I made while drafting. So I drafted Nelson Cruz, yeah. who is only eligible for DH. And yeah. he's a, obviously he's a very, very good hitter. Um but I also drafted Shohei Otani, who gets starting pitcher eligibility and hitting eligibility. So he is, and he's a big time power bat for the for the Angels. Well, his position for hitting is also DH. So that's a problem because the whole point in drafting him is because you can pretty much have him in there when he pitches, and then every other day hitting give you good numbers on both sides, and I'm not going to be able to put him in there except for as a pitcher. And he's, I mean, he's a decent pitcher, but he's not like, you know, I wouldn't draft him as high as I did if I would have remembered I'd already drafted Nelson Cruz. So that's a pretty big mistake I made. So whoever has Paul Goldschmidt right now listening to this podcast, maybe want to talk to John, Cruz. see if you can get Nelson Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> talk, talk to John. I would say maybe I'd give I'll you, get... I would say I'd give you Luke Voigt maybe in a, in a trade here, but. That's my guy. Look, I, don't, I don't know if I can I'm, get up Voigt you know, yet. You, you know I'm a Cardinals fan. Luke Voigt started with the Cardinals. I think he has some solid potential, but you ain't going to get a trade out of me for Luke Voigt. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see who's listening and uh, see if you have any offers on the table um, coming up later this week. John, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm glad you got a chance to get a little bit of rebuttal here. 
All right, thanks guys so much for listening to episode 20 of Talking Schmidt. Last week we did have uh, this episode up on Thursday, but we had to take it down. We wanted to make sure that all the information in the podcast was correct, so we had to take it down, do a little bit of editing. It is back up for you here on Tuesday. I did not want episode 22 go unlistened to. If you're listening to it for the first time, then you're kind of like, what's going on? This sounds crazy. But for right now, uh, just let you know that Thursday we will have a new episode, brand new episode. The Schmidt Break will return with Justin as well. So uh, I wanted to take the Schmidt Break out of this past episode just because I wanted to make sure that all the information that we're giving you guys is relevant and up to date as much as possible. And that Schmidt Break was a little bit outdated at this point. So we want to make sure that this week, when we did bring back the Schmidt break, it would be all up to date for you guys. So Justin will be back later this week to talk with me as well. Uh, don't forget, you guys can go on social media at underscore Talking Schmidt on Twitter and at Talking Schmidt Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us along there. Don't forget, also, along with that, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can also leave a comment and review. Five-star reviews are just greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, for this episode, though, we are officially in the books on episode 20, even though it did take two playthroughs for us to actually get it that way. But don't worry, we'll be back with episode 21 on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.